In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Firing podcast, because everything still fucking matters. <laughs> I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined this evening by Johnny Tugs and UWA. How are you guys doing tonight? How are you both doing tonight? Hey, we're both alive and kicking. I haven't seen Tugs in like two months. This is awesome. Same. Go, go dogs. That's right. Always go dogs. Even when it's always go dogs. Just sometimes it's a go dogs and ooh, I might need to look away. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get into any substantive segments, uh, we've got to talk beverages. Uh, Tugs, beverage of choice for the evening, sir. I'm sipping on some uh, Angel Envy whiskey. Neat. Nice. Nice. You keep going classy on us. I, I respect it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Leah, how about you? <laughs> I am drinking a Colossal Portuguese red blend, although I will say, this is a shout out to J-Cap, um, I did buy my daughter a vanilla Burgermaster shake, and Deep CZ called that out as overrated. No, sir, it is not. It is probably the best milkshake of a burger chain in Seattle. And if Burgermaster wants if Burgermaster wants to go ahead and sponsor the pod, I'm sure all of us would take a pause on our alcoholic beverages and drink strictly milkshakes for one solid pod, for sure. But yeah, oh, I do it for two. I do it for three or four. I mean, the oh, pineapple sure. shake, and I'm and I'm dandy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, deep CZ, keep up with the Burgermaster slander. We're going to name the stupid tweet segment after you instead of a duck. <laughs> <laughs> we love you though. Keep listening. Yes, seriously. Uh, and I am starting the evening with uh, something that runs somewhat counter to how I feel about the program. Uh, I've got a Sea Pine Brewing Company, Fluffy. Uh, it is a uh, oat cream double India pale ale with, with lactose. So, uh, you know, oats and oatmeal. Shout outs to you, J-Cap. But I am to holding J-Cap it down. shout outs. Yeah. Oatmeal. <laughs> for the IPA oatmeal. drinkers. Um and then potentially if we get there, if depending on how the pod goes, I may uh, crack into a lucky envelope uh, brewing blood orange or we're out for blood <laughs> in the podcast form, uh, blood orange IPA. <laughs> I think everyone else is out for blood and all of the blood they see is husky purple. So we bleed husky purple and unfortunately yeah. we've been doing a lot of bleeding. So yes. All right. Uh, beyond uh, deep C deep C Z, uh, say that four times fast. Uh, his <laughs> error in judgment on slandering Burgermaster. Any stupid tweets that uh, I either of you saw this week? I mean, we could shout out our friend Dogman sixty seven again for was this just speculation or conjecture about Leah's article? And I'm like, read the article. It wasn't. She wasn't purporting to have a have had a conversation with Cohen. It was facts about athletic directors' resumes. Yeah, I mean, like, it's fine if you if like the conclusion, which I really don't. They could think it was pretty open ended. If the if what I put out there you didn't agree with, but none of it was opinion. It was all taken from the University of Washington athletic site and all of the athletic directors' sites from their respective schools. None of it was opinion. It was just a fact, and I was just looking at it and showing the pattern that I saw. None of it was opinion. So, sorry for you, but it was not opinion. It was fact. But this is the same uh, member of Husky Twitter that uh, decided to get into a 
argument with a current player on the team about their religious beliefs. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, take a seat. People's, yeah. Or at least read the article before you chime in. Is he the one who was getting on Cooper McDonald's case? He was. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we said that then. Don't do that. Don't. Yeah. If you, if okay. you don't know, know a whole lot about what you're talking about, go ahead and, and sit this one out, cowboy. All right, uh, I think that probably wraps up stupid tweets. Let's uh, talk about. Uh, well, we got to win on Saturday or Friday. Yeah. <laughs> we we we, we got to win. Is it possible for us to have looked worse and to win? Question. No. Cool again. What do you yes. say? Yes. Uh, mm. Yes, when you score no points against nineteen consecutive loss. Arizona and have to manage a fourth. I mean, credit to the kids for, for their like, and, and I will say late called it out. Their resiliency has been very impressive. And I will, um, every single kid on the team deserves a pat on the back for staying in the fight. But from a coaching standpoint, having to like, and you know, the Hawks talked about it where it's, it's hard to win in the conference. Yes, when you're playing good conference teams, it's not hard to beat an Arizona team that hasn't won since 2019. Like, it's not hard. I mean, yes, we have issues in the desert, but come on. Like, this is not, this is a game like Arizona might be worse than Montana, and that's a game we shouldn't have fucking lost in the first place either. Like, have, I get it. It's hard for the Hawks to be overly critical. They're paid by the school, yada, yada, yada. But have, please, Husky fans, and and let's really not get into the infighting of like, oh, you're not a true dog fan or don't mm-hmm. buy into this Jen Cohen so-called fans if, if people have a negative or are voicing concerns. Like, no, have some standards. And I mean, like, it goes beyond that, too. Like, I was doing some research at halftime for the Arizona game, um, and Arizona has not held any team in conference scoreless for a full half since November of 2017. And how many many five-star kids do we have on this team, Hooligan? Should that ever happen against an Arizona team? We have two. There's only two five-star kids on the team. It's Sam and Savelle. Okay, But but, like, there is a boatload of four stars there's a boatload of i3 stars by total team composite this is the third most talented team in the conference just like two points i think shy of oregon and like a point and a half shy of usc we are just off the the magical 50 percent blue chip ratio to be in the national championship conversation we i mean Wilner, I'll I'll talk about it. You know, shout outs to you, John Wilner, about it would be unprecedented to fire Lake this year. Uh, well, in a hundred years, it's unprecedented for the University of Washington to lose to Montana. In the last decade, it's basically unprecedented for us to lose to Oregon State. In the last two years, it's unprecedented for any conference team to lose to Arizona or be in danger of losing to Arizona. I think also to your point about Wilner is that like, and people have, um, what's it, uh, Alex Bolton called it out today on Twitter and shout out to him. He is like doing some work on Twitter and I really appreciate him. Yep. He talked about how Wilner both wants to say, oh my gosh, 
you guys won the conference last year. And also, wants last year to not count at all against Jimmy Lake's record. I'm like, you need to pick a lane. Which is it? Is it last year didn't count at all? Or is it we won the, con- the North last year? Pick a lane. Because you want both at the same time and it's not cool. Stop doing that. Yeah. If that counts a, a full season and after and Jimmy's coming up on two full years since he's been the head coach, if last year counts, this year definitely for fucking sure counts. And I'm not like mm-hmm. there is there is a, there there is still half the season to be played. And as we Leah, you and I had a number of conversations and a number of arguments with people on Twitter during the Jody Win era. <laughs> Uh, you know, people that were pointing to the Oregon State win in the conference tournament. She's turned the corner. It's all uphill from there. I would love to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. And if so, I will. Eat I will crow. commit on this pod. I will eat. I will eat avocado, which I hate. I will, ha- and I will happily say, Jimmy, great job. You got it turned around. I want that to happen because that means we're winning football games and the kids are having a great experience in winning football games. And that means that the fans, that the stands are going to be full because that's, we win fans show up that kind of thing. I would much rather be wrong and for us to win football games than for us to be right and continue to lose. Correct. Let's make that abundantly clear. You're totally right. And I think that to kind of jump off on that, it's like, it's not just that, you know, we're coming up short in maybe contentious games against good teams. We are getting massively outcoached and outplayed against in somewhat inferior teams. I would I would say like Oregon State's having a great year, so I wouldn't call them an inferior team. We still could have could have slash should have beaten them, but um, just all respect to Beavs. But um, it's just all of us all of us see the writing on the wall, and all of us see that this has happened before, and it hasn't been that long ago that it happened. And look what happened when we gave that coach three, four years. Look what happened. It's not good. And to some extent, it's like, yeah, you, the worst choice is not necessarily making a hire that was incorrect. The worst choice is doubling down on that decision and saying, I'm going to go with him. He's my guy. Because then you, yep. you lack any sense of humility. And, and at the same time, calling calling fans fake ass and then doubling down on that and asking for donations. It's like, um, you need I got a, I got a Taye magazine to, 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 today. I that, saw that. The cover says gratitude and yet so-called fans, Jen. That was it's, what? 10 days ago. Hooligan? That, that article. Curious. <laughs> very, very curious. And, uh, I mean, to talk about, I mean, it's not unprecedented. It's like either, you know, if your perspective is that you want the university of Washington to be serious about football, you are going to have standards. Louisiana State University won a national championship two years ago, and Ed Orgeron is not coming back. Gone. And who's the AD like, there? Remind me. Remind me. It's not. Oh, is it? Oh, Woody is back there now. Woody's back there. It's Scott Woodward, the same guy who fired Willingham because Todd Turner wouldn't, hired Steve Sarkeesian, hired Chris Peterson, hired Kevin McGraw. Built the stadium. Like, Built the stadium, thank you. I mean, um, Pete, or like, Pete's Pete hired himself. An interesting, Pete basically hired himself. Like, let's not. Woody was mostly out the door. But like, given but, Jen's hiring before, history like, as anyone, the athletic director, anyone wants to like give Jen credit for the Chris Peterson hire. 
she was not the athletic director when that hire went down. So even if you say, oh, well, she hired him, she didn't. She wasn't the athletic director. She was no more responsible for the hire of Chris Peterson than the hire of Tyrone Willingham. She had an equal amount of decision-making in both of those choices, which was to say that wasn't her call. So she shouldn't get credit for it. And despite the fact, Pete hired himself. So, um, Cool, you were on the point of Boise's tweet. <laughs> I, think, I think you forgot drinking in that sentence, Tugs. I think oh, you forgot yeah. lit as lit as hell on that flight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like again, we want things to get better because that's what's better for the university, that's what's better for the program, that's what's better for the student athletes. That's the standard. Like we can, we are one of, you know, you can argue about with Hill Knights revenue that Oregon and US, you know, blah 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 blah. Yes. On Different measures, Oregon's ahead of us, USC's ahead of us, but it is an inarguable fact that the three premier football programs in the Pac-12 conference are the University of Southern California, the University of Oregon, and the University of Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some things that, say, our friends down south don't have, like 100 more wins all time. There's a pretty nice trophy sitting in the Husky Hall of Fame that they don't have and that they'd kill to have. Um yeah, we can have standards, and it's not even if, again, Leah, to your point, if we were having, if we were losing competitively, or we were, you know, we lost to Oregon, we lost, and if we were playing USC and we lost a, a, a three-point game, a seven-point game, but we're handling our business and blowing bad teams the fuck out of the water like we should, we wouldn't be coming at Jimmy or this coaching staff with, with well, the volume of criticism we would that we are and I would I would just but, also add to that is that like it's not just that like we're underperforming it's that as we all know we all read or watched the press conference prior to the season where he told everyone in that room that he thought this was the most talented team that he'd ever been a part of at Washington and by and large like the the roster would say yeah that's probably that's probably come somewhat true and yep. yet the first game, we lost to Montana and looked garbage ass doing it. And we went 19 mm -hmm. straight possessions without scoring. And we went a full half against winless Arizona without scoring. Um, and how many, how For, many teams this week, I think this that's week fired what... their offensive coordinators. I, Coker asked the question this week on Twitter, brilliant and saying like, there is absolutely no reason why John Don still has a job. The only reason that we can all think of is that he needs a scapegoat. Because what happens if John Don gets fired midseason and things get worse? Then it's really squarely on him, and he needs a scapegoat. Yeah, go ahead, Tux. And then that's and then if you you fire Don John, and then your next OC is going to be you're going to have to pay a ton of money to get someone to come because he knows that he's going to be OC for one year unless they just go score thirty five points a game more if not I don't, more than that and then his buyout's going to be huge were you going to say something earlier about um yeah like the buyout would be huge and, he, and it's yeah. going to be really hard to draw somebody here for one year yeah, but we don't we, we don't do buyouts for good coaches that's true hashtag pk um but i don't know i'm, I'm kind of of two minds for me if i can jump into this one I, I think i'm a little bit of two minds about it because to talk to like the point of number one i don't think coaches are or certainly any coach that we would want to be on staff should not be in an expect to lose it and expect to struggle 
mindset or and and to be honest i think some of it and i don't say this in donovan's defense because there's really no defense for john donovan but it's clearly that like we talked about it on a previous pod he's running basically an offense in a system that jimmy lake wants him to run jimmy lake wants pound the ball stanford all of this run the damn ball bullshit gross that isn't effective but a good offensive coordinator or an aggressive offensive coordinator is going to look at like, okay, do I have the pieces there to potentially be successful? We could immediately switch back to his own blocking scheme, which we've proven over the course of the Peterson era is an effective. And that's what these guys have been. The O-line have been recruited to play his own blocking scheme. He's got a five-star quarterback ready and waiting with with a, with a receiver room that's got a great brotherhood that you know guys that really believe in their position coach you put those two combinations together and a running back room that's got talent like let's not forget that Emeka Megwa had SEC offers you know like J JV on Sunday and Caleb Berry are talented running backs we will still have Cam Davis who still has he's still young in his career with the covid year he has the potential breakout there's a ton of appeal and there's offensive, there's good offensive coordinators out there that are making half of what we're paying John Donovan, and a an experienced offensive coordinator could look at it as like if Lake gets fired, but the offense looks good, I could be the next in line. Do you, Go ahead, Leah. I mean, I guess like from my perspective, I like I think about like all of the internal hires that we've had lately, and um, and I think that <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He just vomited on camera um, that I think let's suppose let's just pretend for a second that Jimmy Lake gets fired next year and he's hired a new OCO in this off season. I think the chances of that person getting a look-see as an internal candidate, given how poorly it went before are really slim chance, That's true. but really slim. But I think that, I think the cow say department. Kelsey is probably, if she's worth her salt, which who knows if she is, will put pressure on Jen to say, um, you can look at him, but I, this needs to be a national search. It's something that you didn't do before. So, And, and, here, and here's the point. It, it's gone around in the GCs about why Upper Campus needs to care. And at a certain point where it will become a red flag or a... Um, a fire that gets to our president's desk. When you go from a full stadium to a half empty, a half empty stadium, and you go from a profitable athletic department to one that's drawing money out of the general fund, that shit is not going to fly. And when the booster, when the donor money is going to dry up, go ahead, Leah. Oh, I was just going to say, like you know, we bring in a lot of money in the athletic department, and it begs the question how much of it stays within the athletic department and how much funnels back up to upper campus. Mm -hmm. And that would be worth investigating about like, if that oh. is, if we can think about that or like, um, if that's true, then it, they definitely have a stake in the game. If they want, if they want, yep. uh, if they want to that be successful, that they want that kickback, then they better make the donors happy. The only, the biggest thing that makes donors happy isn't fan experience. It isn't kickoff time. Although it helps. It, those things help, for sure. And don't don't listen to this and think that they don't matter. They do. The biggest thing that matters to donors and fans is wins. 
win the damn game. Don't run the damn ball. If it doesn't, it's not going to work. Win the damn game. Every time. Do what it takes. And if you do that, you'll have some happy fans most of the time. But um, all that to say, like, yeah, like it should matter to Upper Campus because I do believe they get a slice of the pie. So to say it doesn't matter to them, it should matter, but. Bingo. And I mean, I've said it before on pods, but I haven't looked at the data, but I'm willing to bet you dollars to donuts that Oregon's um, rise to prominence with Marcus Mariota positively affected the amount of applications the University of Oregon got. And so if you think that Washington football, Washington men's basketball, big time sports don't affect the university's bottom line, absolutely bananas. It sure does. Yeah, Tux. It absolutely does. True story, sad story. I know 100% affects it. My daughter's friend went to Oregon because they had a good football team and the football team got the get got the test gear first. Like seriously? Mm-hmm. You went to Oregon Just... because they have a good football team? What the fuck? I mean, it makes sense like I I could have gone to a number of like I got into you know this isn't patting myself on the back I got into I applied to probably more schools than I needed to but my dad wanted to see if I'd get in um I got into places like St. Olaf if I decided that I wanted to study music that's probably where I where I would have gone uh, I got into Syracuse and Marquette and the reason that I didn't go to either of those schools I had uh, jokes well Syracuse Syracuse was a, was part was partially a travel issue, but Marquette, the main one of the main reasons I didn't go to Marquette, they don't have a football team. It ma- it, I mean it matters. Granted, there's an also you would have had to go to Mass. Yeah, but it was before <laughs> I would have conflagrated on the spot. <laughs> um. <laughs> but no, you're right. Yeah, you had no way um, of knowing that Dwayne Wade was going to come to Marquette, so you had no way of knowing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, in hindsight, in terms of my own sports fandom, that would have put me on the, a very different side of the, the Quincy Pondexter <laughs> highlight in the NCAA tournament. Um, I probably wouldn't have overly been a bu- been bummed about it because I still pro- I guarantee you I still would have loved the dogs, but um but it matters, and I mean, granted, there's the other layer, the other layer of complexity is that we are obviously, as the University of Washington, we are accepting a higher percentage of international and students from out of state, chasing tuition dollars um, and revenues in that regard than than in previous years. The percentage, uh, you know, over the course of time, the percentage of in-state students at the University of Washington has gone down drastically. That's a whole different conversation for us to have, mm-hmm. but you don't. But at least in terms of out of state. It's a different podcast. <laughs> but, I mean, I think that that's. But it I mean, matters. But it, is, but it matters because I mean, it goes back to like, you know, why don't why don't we have a raucous student section? Well, if your kids not only don't grow up in the Seattle area, but they didn't even grow up in the United States of America. Number one, do they even know what our mascot is? Do they even know what our school colors are? Do they even know what football is like? Those are actual real questions. And if you grew up in like the footprint of the greater Pacific Northwest, even if you didn't grow up like a Husky fan, if you come to UW, it's like 
this is this is it. I mean, this is the you this know. is the flagship program in the Seattle area. It's the flagship university in the entire. I mean, That's it's not correct. only the flagship university in the entire state. It's the flagship university in the entire region. Let's That's not correct. beat around the bush. No, it's not. Um, it's not blowing smoke. It's just the fact. And there's a reason that people earmark this school as a destination school. And um, I think that if if the athletic director wants to prioritize a Rocco student section, then she would go to upper campus and say, I need a higher percentage of kids who are local because then they're going to come in. They're already going to be indoctrinated into fandom and they're going to value going to games. It's also in line with things that are said in the state constitution that the first that's the um, I believe the line is something to the effect of that the institutions of higher learning in the state of Washington, their primary responsibility is to educate the populace of the state of Washington. So there's that. Um, okay. But in any case, it, it, I think to, to get it back to the Arizona game, uh, you know, great. The offense, you know, um, and I will say, you know, credit to Dylan has had a ton of big rocks thrown his way and he's had an up and down year he's got terrible coaching from a both a a coordinator and a a position coach standpoint credit to him for continuing to fight and making the plays that we needed to to win that game um but i can't remember who it was that said oh does this or it was espn leah as you said in the the pre-show does this quiet the critics in seattle a fourth quarter comeback against arizona no. And it wasn't just that, though. Like, to your point, Hooligan, it wasn't like that Washington mustered a comeback all on its own. No. I mean, thank God for Tuli Lugas Noah. Thank God for him. Because if that doesn't happen, they were marching. They were going to score. That's a different fucking ball game if he doesn't catch that ball. that The game, the Arizona's body language changed immediately once that happened. We marched right down the field, scored. They could do nothing from then on out, but it wasn't like just us. They kept, they continued to shoot mm-hmm. themselves in the foot with their penalties. They threw an interception to Tuli, all this stuff. So we it wasn't like it wasn't like Washington outplayed Arizona. Washington just capitalized on Arizona's mistakes. Mm-hmm. That was all really it was. I mean, I'm happy they did, but it wasn't like Washington, you know, asserted its will. No, it wasn't that at all. It was like Arizona took a giant dump all over themselves and Washington just stepped through it and over it and got to the end zone like quicker than we did. I mean, it's just like, call it what it is. We didn't win that game. Arizona lost it. That's it. And we were the, yeah, and we were the beneficiaries. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that doesn't quiet the crowd and it. Like it's <laughs> ultimately the evaluation of, you know, there was no better. We've, we've said it on every pod basically since the season started, like, or at least in the last two weeks, there was no better time to fire John Donovan than two weeks ago. Like you have somebody on staff, you have two people on staff that have in their careers called plays. You have one person on staff who called plays in a game that we scored. I I mean, be still my beating heart, 28 points against a top 10 team. And that would be Scott Huff. Uh, like it's simple. You make Scott Huff probably like you can do co-offensive coordinators. You have, you make Scott the running game, you know, the offensive, you know, ultimately probably Scott Huff is probably the, he's got more experience on the staff, blah, 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 blah. You make him the interim offensive coordinator. You make junior Adams, the passing game coordinator. It, 
like there is no reason other than the scapegoat then okay we fired john don that's going to get it fixed the caveat and that could there is a possibility but what that will take is going out and hiring somebody that is not going to be a, a yes man and says no I am going to, we, we talked about it, I think Hood said it or DJ said it, it's like, we have to go out and hire a CEO of the offense. Like, Jimmy, you can do what you want on the defense, and we're going to continue to scream about that with the safeties and Bob Gregory in charge of the defense. But that will be at least a step in the right direction to say, you know what, I'm going to divest any of my influence on the offense. I need an offensive coordinator that fucking puts points on the board. Because, like, the Jimmy Lake slash uh, PK style of defense, like, you should be able to win most games in this day and age while giving up under 20 points a game, which is what we're doing right now. And the fact that we're three, three and four and we have, like, we, we very well could be six and one. We probably had no shot at, at Michigan, but every single other game, we had a decent ass shot of winning and should have won had we had a decent offense. Yeah. And average, yeah, yeah go ahead, Tugs. I I feel like uh, if our if our offense would just give our D just a little bit more, our defense would feast. Would just feast. Like I mean, it, would go off and Kyler would go off and. I mean, I hate beating a dead horse, but Jimmy Lake is a defensive backs coach. There is nothing that will make our defensive backs, and particularly our corners, and shout out to Will Harris because both Kyler and Trent have taken, like, their ta- they are playing up to the standards of their talent and playing aggressive, and he's doing a great job as a coach and as a developer. No complaints there. Nothing is going to make our defensive backfield look better than forcing teams to throw on it because you're going to get turnovers, and it's going to feed the offense. That is correct. Uh, it just we, our offense just needs to give us give the team a little bit more, not a lot. A lot. Well, I, I'd, I'd say a lot more. We want a lot. We want a lot. I would but... say ten points more a game at least. Yeah, yes. I mean, an because average. If you, put, if you put ten more points on the board for every game that we have been in, what like okay, ten more points beats Montana, it beats Oregon State, it beats UCLA. It beats Cal- that's six and it, one. It it beats Cal comfortably. Beats Cal like, comfortably, but it's that that puts us at six and one. Ten more points on the board, and it's and it's a and by at ten more points on the board, takes a twenty one point loss to a eleven point loss at Michigan that doesn't look like on the road. If you're talking about still kind of in the national conversation, to be honest, yeah, I, I, an eleven you're, point uh, win at Michigan, who's in the top, a 10, loss at Michigan, it's no look like bad, no, not at all. It, it's um, probably you know we're still we're definitely still ranked if that's our record right now and it's like a respectable absolutely. loss at number what what are they number like six right now? Yeah, they're undefeated. I mean, yeah. uh, you're in the top fifteen if that's your only loss. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. And by the way, all of this unrest and angst in the fan base wouldn't. I mean, like, yeah, would we be frustrated that we didn't do a little better at Michigan, or that we only managed? What would have that that would have been? A seventeen to thirteen win against Montana. Yeah, yeah, that probably would be like, ooh, this is still but a warning bell. We would be, we would still be a hundred percent. Everyone on this pod would still be banging the fire John Don drum. We would all be banging that, but we would not. Most of us would not be saying Jimmy is not it. Jimmy is not the coach for us. Guaranteed. None of us would be saying that. We would be saying, you know what? I think this is this is Jimmy's 
Sark slash, uh, you know, Nick Holt moment. It was what we said. Mm-hmm. And then this that is- moment seems to have passed him by. Right. But I mean, like, I'll just um, say, like, to our point was, like, if you put that, that's not that much, that's not that many points. Ten more points on the on the board for all of our losses. You give us a respectable loss at Michigan and three uh, a win against an FCS school and two conference wins. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, and that that would I mean, ten more points puts thirty like puts thirty four on. And not only is it a win against Oregon State, that's a thirty four point game. Like if we're in that twenty, like the average. I I haven't seen the stat done in the last year or two, but it was something that the, the, the season is over guys talked about a couple of years ago, the average, like the average college football team scores 28 points. Like the, the average, like if you add the points scored by every college football team divided by the number of college football teams over, you know, X amount of years, the average is about 28 points. If we're scoring 28 points a game, that's also keeping our defense more rested. The defense is not going to be giving up the same amount of points. Like, we're not, like, if you're doing that, if you're just being, we don't even need the offense to be great. And, I mean, we would we still need to be, we need to for be, improvements because this offense has B the level. talent to we be We need it to be B-level. Right now it's C-minus, D-plus, maybe lower on really bad moments. So, Hooligans says D-minus. D, D-minus, okay. <laughs> C-plus on a good I, night right now, right? C-plus on a good night. On a, on a bad night, it's... Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go with a nerd reference and I'm going to go with a, a Harry Potter reference it's a T for troll. It's that bad. It's just Yeah, no, I I completely feel you. And you're right, Hooligan, that like putting that many points on the board even though it's not that much more than what we have gets our defense off the field and is when our defense is rested, they perform unsurprisingly at a higher level. And so we're going to win teams games by against us. Mm-hmm. The weakness of the. It. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean no, to cut you off. No, you're fine. You're right. Go ahead. Um, positionally, this is not a criticism of the guys in the unit. It's a criticism of their coaches because it's an inherent problem that's been the case for six years. The weakest unit on the defense, on the defense, is our inside linebackers. When you're allowing teams to just continually run the ball, it's going to. Put and it's going to circle that in every color highlighter you can imagine that we've got a gap there. If we have leads, that forces teams to throw the ball. And when you talk about the rooms on this team that are stacked, defensive backs. Um, granted, they need to be put at half of the defensive back room needs to be put in a little bit more position to be successful and not being playing bail coverage all the damn time or just bailing out even when it's obvious rundowns. But like, and this is the thing. It's like, I'm not a, you know, I'm not F Mac. I'm not squints. I'm not hood. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the X's and O's mm-hmm. wizard of our podcast. But when it, it, it's when there's things that are so blatantly bad that, you know, I'm not a casual, I'm also not a casual fan. But when you that when it's not the football experts that can just say like, oh, I know what I would do in that situation. The the, the Madden quarterbacks or the NCA fourteen quarterbacks and be like, here's how I would attack this. In 2021, are you serious? Are you joking me right now? Like this is like, it's been said in our in you know in some of the GCs like there are more advanced 
offensive systems that are harder to defend being run by high school teams. Yeah, it's like what Brock said in his rant, what, after the Montana game or after the uh, Michigan game, that, like, we're running offense that, that he ran in the late 90s. Football has evolved. We need to evolve with it. And what in the hell are we doing running what we have? Basically, it was too long, didn't read. That's what he said. Well, it's because Jimmy struggled to defend it. And that was the one thing that I was going to say earlier when you were talking about the Jimmy Lake PK difference, the defense. I think there's a very large difference between a, a, a Pete Kwiatkowski defense and a Jimmy Lake defense. Um, I mean, yes, Texas in PK's first year just gave up a boatload of points to Oklahoma. But we'll see how they look two and three years from now. Well, we also, gave up a bunch like, of I points think, PK's first like, year before we had the system fully implemented. Like I feel like PK came to Washington with a great defense in place under Dustin Wilcox. And so like I feel like... With great the Big Twelve, talent at the very least, right? Yeah. Exactly, a lot of good talent, and I mean, I'm sure Texas has a lot of talent, but um, the defense here at Washington was already very well coached, and I'm not sure that that's the case at Texas, and so they've got a lot of learning to do. I don't think that what we saw against Oklahoma is PK necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not to defend Texas, but yeah, still fuck you, Sark. <laughs> <laughs> Seven wins, Steve. Um, but we did get a win against Arizona, so there's at least that. I mean, granted, I, I think there's an argument to be made that if we hadn't, the conversation shifts from the the majority of our fan base shifts the focus of who gets fired first from John Donovan to, like, to me, at a serious program, you lose to Arizona. You're on the tarmac. You're, you're like, it's like, oh, but we, we're not a tarmac program, and we're not, but with our revenue, with our history, we absolutely fucking should be. Like, oh, let's yeah. not. Yeah. He should have gotten, if, if he, if we lost that game, he would have gone the way of Lane Kiffin at USC. I would really hope yeah. so. But you know what? I have next to no faith in Jen Cohen's ability to manage the athletic department at Washington. So I, I don't think that that would have happened. Yep. Not to be dramatic, but. No, I. <laughs> We've had a number of podcasts about <laughs> the gaps in the department as run by our, our current fearless leader who thinks it's a good idea and a bad season to criticize fans. Um, <laughs> moving on to Stanford. Uh, I don't know, should we call it the morgue, the library, if we have a traditional performance at Stanford? Is it the autop? Is this coming game the autopsy at the morgue? Uh, <laughs> where we get dissected. I think that's a great title for it. I think that library and morgue probably have equal amounts of life to them typically, which is very on brand for Stanford Stadium. Um, so um, given how we performed last year against Stanford, Stanford who had practiced at a park in Bellevue to prepare for our game and looked all world against Washington, who at that point was undefeated. Um, yeah, I think Stanford triples the line and definitely covers. I think it's probably going to be a 10-point win for Stanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting... I, we were there, there was a conversation earlier in the week in the chat about it. It's like there's, an, there's kind of an interesting thing. Like, we know what Stanford wants to do against us because it's what Stanford always does against us. It's pound the rock because we refuse to, to load the box to stop it. With that said, if 
it, it gets into a really interesting scenario of do they just do what they do because we're so stubborn that we're not going to shift and try and stop the run, which is how they got the lead that they did last year. Or do they actually, does David Shaw look at his team and say, what we're actually good at doing, even though it plays into Washington's hands, is throwing, throwing the football. They are one of the worst rushing t- offenses in the conference, but the third best overall yards per game offense because of Tanner McKee, and they have a very strong passing game. So this wow. could be a matchup where if Shaw plays to his what his team's strengths are, that could play into our hands. It's also the chess match of, okay, does Jimmy say, hey, look at how we lost this game last year. You know what? We're not going to play bail safety technique. We're actually going to start the game with three down linemen, load the box, and try and stop the run. I mean, maybe you're getting, you, Now you're getting crazy. Stop. That's never going to I'm duking. <laughs> this is, du- this is du- you know, we, we've come a long way from, from DP. Do get about the line <laughs> for me to be duking this, to just be like, hey, we might actually like, hey, let's try and stop the run first. That would imply that Jimmy has a little bit of hubris and understands that he's made mistakes in the past. I, I will say on that note, <laughs> it was a different Jimmy like in the press conference this week. Yes, let's talk about that. Finally. Yeah. I, I mean, it. Honestly, it sounded like a very somewhat defeated and um, it was a different tone. Hmm. I didn't, I actually haven't, I didn't watch it because I watched a lot of his press conferences back to back to back to back to back to back last week and and ate cereal with milk. (laughs) And all I got for it was, I mean, I thank you everybody for watching the video. And thank you, Josh, for the video suggestion. But it was just like, what's in this for me? I have to do something I really hate while listening to Jimmy do coach speak. Is this a, is this a, uh, this is a trap. Was that from Star Trek, Star Wars? It's a trap. Yeah, that's uh, Star Wars. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I will say. I feel somewhat better. Like, I don't want, like, I'm not some cruel, like, we're not cruel assholes that want people to have pain and suffering. Like, we, like, we're not criticizing Jimmy because we just have nothing better to do with our time. I would have loved nothing more because I loved the hire. When he was hired, I was jacked up. I was so pumped up. I thought this was such a great hire. It has been really, it's made me very sad to be wrong about this. It doesn't bring me joy to to be wrong Far about it because it. I really, really like him. I think he's a great guy. I just don't necessarily think this is the right time and the right job for him. And, um, you know, yep. I hope he's learning. If he's going to get another year, I hope he's learning some valuable lessons that he can bring with him into the next year and do better because we like all I want said, that. If he's- if he's our coach for the next for next year or, for, or you know or for two more years, I want him to be successful. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, please, please, prove us wrong. I will say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. Way to go, Jimmy. He will eat. You, you, you will eat avocados on the pod. I'll eat avocado, and you know, did you know which will be my version of crow? Like, yeah, I. Is that what? 
or just like straight like cut I, I well guac is almost cheating because i can put we had a conversation in our food fights chat like like hey can i make it spicy and like that's kind of cheating because that makes it just something i enjoy anyway um <laughs> <laughs> i will eat like pure like just you know no nothing else on it maybe a little salt just avocado because mm -hmm. I want, I mean, like, I want to be wrong. I want to eat avocado on a pod because Jimmy will have turned the ship around. And, like, I want to see the Jimmy as a defensive, the, the Jimmy that is mm -hmm. a exceptional, one of the best defensive backs coaches in the country. The guy who has swagger because he backed it up. I want that guy as our head coach. And part of that is, and part of being, a, you know, at a certain point, like, you can get be really good at a certain thing, but then when you take a step up in your career, honestly, for a while, at least in my experience, unless you sail under a really lucky star, you're going to eat shit for a while. Mm -hmm. But what matters is how you respond to that. And honestly, part what some of the best leaders that I have ever been around know and, and, and demonstrate is, you know what, the ability to just say, you know what, I was wrong. I need to listen to people that know X, Y, and Z subjects better than I do because they're having people that are going to challenge me are going to make me better. Mm -hmm. And that's what I need to see from Jimmy. But I still want him to have the confidence. Like when we're, when we're talking about defensive back recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, number one, we don't need to have three defensive back coaches on the staff. Um, that's neither here nor there. We can talk about who we've said nice things on this pod about. And <laughs> the unnamed that, what do you do here? Um, <laughs> what um, you say that you do here? Have the creed mm -hmm. moment of like, what do I do here? Go ahead, Tugs. So with, with Eddie going down, do you think we are going to um, drop Dom down to play linebacker? I think that would be a good I idea. I would love it. God, I would love it. Because um, who else we I got? Mean, on, I mean, Hammer and Sermon. I mean, Hammer great. And, and I will say, like, if you look at some of the grades, like Hammer graded out even in his limited snap count at Arizona, Hammer graded out as our, one of our best defensive players. Yeah. Like, no, I think I mean, he's playing better than Sermon, actually. But Yeah, I mean, it's... Again, play the talent. Like, if you're going to be about, like, if you were about playing the talent as a defensive backs coach, why are you not about that? And and to go back to the Arizona game, because it brings up a point about, oh, oh what the hell are you doing? Okay, we're going to use one of the four games, if we're still trying to redshirt Sam Heward, we're going to use one of the four games that he has before the, to, that he can use his redshirt to have him hand the ball off five, six times and then throw passes that are probably in the least likelihood of being successful because we're on a third and, and you know, the, the longer end of medium yardage. Like, what are we, like, this is, I mean, and, and I'll go back that Jimmy's mentor was not the greatest at roster management either. The number of seasons <laughs> of, what, like, that we, you know, uh, Ty Jones, his first season, Hunter Bryant, like, the number of seasons that we've just, like, yeah, I'm so glad we didn't use a red shirt for that. That was awesome. Um, it's like, what are we doing? Like, there is no rhyme or reason of, like, why 
particularly when we were struggling as much as we were on offense in the first half. And like, there seemed to be a little bit, we talked, it got talked about in the Twitter spaces that was, that we ran post game or not post game during the game last week. We had some feedback. It was, some people found it more entertaining than watching the football game. Again, that's a, that's, that, in, that's a warning sign. Listening to a conversation that involves me talking at all being more <laughs> entertaining than a Washington football game. <laughs> what? Wow. I that's don't like, like listening to me talk that much. That's like that's like saying I'd rather watch public access TV over watching Sunday Night Football. I mean, and that's all due respect. Thanks for that comparison, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's all love and respect, but it's like our team is so bad. You want to listen to all of us idiots just talk about it? That's preferable to you than watching the game. You guys it's become group therapy, basically. <laughs> it has become group therapy. You are correct, and that wasn't meant as a as a knock on you. No, I, anyway. I didn't take it as such. Uh, the joke was there, and I. Um. <laughs> what are we doing with Sam? Like what are we? What are you doing? It was in the plan, Tugs. According to Jimmy, it was always in the plan to have him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a well, that's then, such a BS line. At least bring him out in the second half for a couple series, or or more than one series in the first half yes. when the offense wasn't working at all. It, yes, a hundred percent. Let him throw bombs, like whatever. Let him play. God. If it's going to be a lost season, yeah. yeah. Let, I mean, I mean, we we lost some games the first year because Jake Browning wasn't completely ready to be a starting quarterback. You know, in in Pete's second season, but you know, Jake's true freshman year, and we paid the we paid we reaped the benefits of his experience in fall in in following years. Um, I'm at a loss for words again. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. It's like, what are we fucking doing? It's unreal. And on the flip, I will say also to, to get back to the Stanford matchup, like this is a game that we should be able to throw the ball. Stanford's not a great passing defense. They're also not a great running defense. They're a slightly better passing defense. I mean, this is a game that we should have offensive success, period. I believe when I looked at it this week, they're giving up about 216 through the air and 222 on the ground. Granted, that might be against offenses that run it, have at least some diversification in the running game outside of a dive off center, but you know, like we could and should this could and should basically be like if we were competently coached on the offensive side of the ball, this game could turn into a track meet. But if it's track meet and Stanford has to throw again, I'm going to put money on Kyler and Trent on winning their matchups. And then it becomes like if we lose this game because they carve us up in the middle of the field based on, you know, gaps in in between our linebackers and our safeties. OK, fair game. I just want to see something different other than like, OK, we gave up 200 yards on the ground and yeah. They threw for less than 50 yards, and we still lost. Yeah. Can we please put Kyler and Trent on islands and let them work? Let's let them work. And then We're, They're not going to – I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're not going to be around next year, so 
let, let's see McDuffie and Gordon Island. Oh my God! Let's. Oh, I love it. Like, if you think they're going to be here next year based on the way they've played, I'll have what you're having. Also, like, just based on the way the season is going and the coaching that they may be getting. No, they gone. Mm-mm. No chance. What if? What do they? What do either of them have left to prove? Nothing. What benefit do they get? Yeah. yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, should, should we do predictions on the Stanford game? Leah, you touched on it, but uh, um, score I think prediction. I'm calling 24 14 Stanford. Tugs. Oh my God, I don't want to do this. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, 28 to 10, uh, trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna, this, this isn't an, an honorary or in memoriam, uh, shout to a member of a great member of Husky Twitter, uh, 81 to three. We miss you, Dennis. <laughs> we miss you, DDY. <laughs> shout out to Dennis though. Yesterday. Everyone uh, saw his conversation, his, twi- his uh, text conversation, conversation with Coker. Shout out Coker. Um, yep. about talking about um, Jennifer Cohen and how badly she's screwing the pooch. I'm like, she gets so much credit for being a great fundraiser at Washington. And, you know, which props. She I, should be given credit because she is raising a lot of money and she helped. She absolutely helped um, raise a crap ton of money for the renovation of Husky Stadium. She deserves a lot of credit for that. However, yep. We said University of Washington, you are set up. This is all I'm paraphrasing Dennis. It's like this is the flagship university of the of the region with a built-in fan base, a recognizable brand that it, all you have to do is win. All you have to do is win and people are like how much do you want? There's a whole legion of people who are like name your price. How much do you need? Yeah, I mean all you and have we to don't do even... is win. And the thing is, we don't even, you don't even have, like, the requirement for the vast majority of Husky fans is not even that you win and, like, that you're consistently in the conversation for a national, for national contention. We Honestly. Ten games. Ten, Nine games. Ten games, at, ten, like, yeah, like, ten, eleven games every few years and be consistently nine to, in that nine-win range. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to bitch. Nobody's going to c- complain about that. No. But... Calling Washington fans, so-called fans, after the start we have been subjected to. After Jimmy Lake has, we we were away from Husky Stadium for 18 months. The first game that we watched, we saw Washington do something they haven't done in over 100 years. And it wasn't good. And it was lose to an FCS school. And she has the audacity to call Washington fans so-called fans for calling out the staff for their shortcomings, which are proven. Fans that are still here within a, a, a little over a decade after we went, oh, and fucking 12. And you know what? Our streak against the Kooks is probably going to end this year. 100%. Very likely going to end. We will be lucky. We'll be damn lucky to win five games. We might win four. We might beat Colorado. Might. Yep. We might beat Washington State. If we play our asses off and maybe 
John Don gets carted off in the Husky car, the new one at halftime. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just pipe dream. But, maybe, um, maybe they run him over bringing it into the stadium. Yeah, but you know, with the cheerleaders run out of the tunnel, maybe the maybe the helmet car runs over John Don. I don't know. I'm just I, I'm just spitballing here, you know. But anything I, can, I, anything will help. <laughs> anything can help, but I I just feel like, you know, this is the team. I I don't have the math because it's not Apple Cup week. It's almost Oregon Hate Week, but it's not Apple Cup week. But we have not been Washington State hasn't been close to beating Washington in the Chris Peterson Jimmy Lake era. Not close. If we lose that game in the first year that he's at the helm. What now? The first time he gets to coach against an Apple Cup against basically a rudderless what now? A team without a coach. That's, correct. It's, exactly. What now? Like I'm sorry. Like na 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 hey 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 goodbye Going back to that. I mean, comment. it's not going to happen, though. It's not going to happen. We we could win. We could win no more games this year, and he's safe. I I actually disagree. I think that there's a threshold okay. that, I, and I think that with fan and booster pressure, if you if you are a three win team, and I mean, I, I like somebody Jen's brought this point up. Somebody brought this point up. I can't remember. I think it might have been after the, either the Oregon State game or the UCLA game. It's like which is worse. Going zero and twelve in a season that you probably could have won two to three games, or going three and nine with a team that you probably could have won ten or eleven games, which is worse. I know what's worse to me, because this town, ta- this team has enough talent to have won every single game. Maybe yep. not have beaten Michigan, but they have the talent to compete. And sit here with a three and four record is unacceptable, and no one should be proud of that. Are we happy I mean, that we beat Arizona? Yes. Does it mean we're proud of the result we have so far? Happy? I don't know about happy. Relieved? I would say relieved. relieved? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the, the way I look at it is, if I can jump in here, it's, I, I mean, and I vivid, I still vividly remember 08. Like, I was hoping we'd find a win and, you know, and with moderately aggressive play calling, we probably would have, you know, converted on a fourth down and won that game. But I wasn't ever expecting us to win and so, like, I was somewhat resigned to the fact that we were potentially going to go winless because we just got, we, I mean, like, after Locker got hurt, we were, we just got killed. This year, we've gone from having not, comp- like, were we probably overly optimistic about 10, 11 wins? I mean, maybe. It's, it's, it's certainly possible in terms of, the, like, based on the talent. This very easily could be a 9, 10, 11 win team with even just competent, like not even great, but just competent coaching. I'm at the point where if we win, it's a pleasant surprise. That's where we are with this team. Yeah. And the reality is, and I think you'll all agree that this this week is actually starting the toughest stretch of our season. We're coming on back-to-back Bye. our games, but we have just... We we don't win at Stanford, like you we know. Don't win at Stanford, says, we, we play don't, Oregon. We, we, don't, we always lose to Cal. Uh, we 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 literally always lose to Stanford, particularly on the road. And for the ninth time in fifteen years, we're playing Stanford and Oregon back to back weeks. It doesn't much matter this year because we're so so bad. But we're playing the best team in the conference the next week at home. Um, I anticipate seventy five percent of the stadium will be Oregon fans. 
because our fans don't much care about showing up even in a game like this where it's really important that you show up for a fan game. And then after that, it's like, it's ASU who's, you know, actually pretty they're, good. They're really good too. Uh, you know, we got Colorado on the road, host Their the Their coach might not be there and they might be playing better. Yeah. Colorado. Washington State didn't have a head coach last year, and they uh, absolutely looked better than Washington with a coach. So, um, last week. Last week, yeah, against uh, BYU. And I was definitely rooting for Washington State because BYU sucks, let's be honest. Um, So, every time, everywhere. 100%. (laughs) So, all to say, like, you know, back to my point was we're headed into a really, even. If we were having a good year, this would have been a, t- this, a tough stretch of the schedule. Yeah. And we're having a garbage yeah. ass year, and this is like this is like death row, and not in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the yeah the joke I was going to make earlier about if we're going to call Stanford Stadium the morgue that you know we're all probably going to want drink formaldehyde after Saturday, but <laughs> or I mean and- we're all going to be stress eating and stress drinking. Um, so, I mean, I got some friends that are going to be there, um, just for a road game and whatnot. And I hope they have fun. And I, you know what? I hope, I hope, I they, hope get they have to a good Chardonnay. I, that true. That too. I really hope they are able to see a win, but, um, it, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it's a really Um, really really happy pod super happy in future episodes uh, on brighter topics um, (laughs) I think sometime next week uh, we'll we'll get maybe we might actually have a couple of of episodes coming in the next week Um, I know uh, we've been pushing it off because it's a depressing topic when talking about 22 but but there's definitely conversations to be had about uh the in-state kids for 23 and 24 uh that's a conversation that definitely uh our, our friend hood husky will feature in mm-hmm. quite heavily um we need to talk about women's basketball we should give a quick shout out to to coach langley and staff because they, they are, are killing it in recruiting they they're killing it like the top six for uh, amanda muse um Notre Dame, six, three, six four post out of uh, what Central California? I think so, but yeah, Notre Dame, Oregon State, UCLA, Stanford, and UW, and and then I, I'm forgetting the sixth school. Oh, Duke, I think. Duke, yeah, I think it was Duke. Like coming out of the Jody Win era, like those are all perennial NCAA tournament teams. By the way, that all that of those not teams, Washington. All of those teams in the past ten years have gone to a Final Four. Stanford's a national champion. Notre Dame's a national champion. Oregon State's gone to a Final Four. Um, these are all heavy hitters nationally and certainly within the conference. To be in that conversation shows a belief in the direction of Before the program. Before she's coached a single a game, single game. At the university. Her recruiting staff, like, shout out to Katie Faulkner, who is killing it in recruiting and just gave birth to a little baby boy. So shout human, out. Like- Shout out to Katie Faulkner, who is killing it in, in at home and killing it at work. Um, if you can't kill Lindsay. it in recruiting, if you can't recruit when you're not giving birth to a human, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like, seriously. Katie Faulkner does more after post-birth than Jody Wynn did in four years, not having given birth. 
in those four years. So like mm-hmm. Katie Faulkner's already running circles around her. Um, yeah, Coach Langley, um, I was just looking at um, some of the pictures of the team and I um, I actually direct messaged Haley Van Dyke and I just said like, you guys look like you just love each other and you look really, really happy. I'm so fired up for you guys. And she wrote back and said, we are so happy. Dope. And if that doesn't speak volumes about, what it's about how it was before, what we want, like, you know, the podcast, what we all want as fans, we want everyone who puts on the purple and gold to have a, a badass experience here, get a world-class degree and have great memories of winning games in whatever sport they're at. And that's what it's all about is that we want to, we want them to come back and be proud alumni and do great things. And um, if we can all make sure that that happens in every sport along Lake, that's what it's all about. And inevitably and donate when our athletic department hires a bad coach so that we can afford buyouts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, we have like alumni throughout our, our programs littered all, all over the place. Like Lise Woodward is actually a women's basketball alum. She's our, our on-field analyst for the football mm-hmm. team. She also does color for the Seattle Storm and our women's basketball team. Um, you know, Brock Heward's wife was a women's basketball alum. Our basketball and every all alum are really littered all over the country, but we have a really WNBA strong champion, alumni Sammy Whitcomb. That's right. Um, they're WNBA littered all over the world. Finalists, they, I think they earn, did they make, did the Aces make the finals? Semis, semis. Semis, but shout out, Kelsey shout got out there, Seattle. Kelly. Shout out Seattle Storm, please trade Kelsey Plum to Seattle. End of story, the end. Um, wait, 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 wait. Did you just talk about the storm in a night in a potentially nice yeah, way? Yeah, because I want to see a Washington Husky, not a Yukon Husky, yeah. wearing Seattle Storm colors. The end. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired of having Yukon be pure Stanford slash Yukon. The end. You mean the storm be pure Stanford slash Yukon? You said Yukon be pure Yukon. Yes, slash well, Stanford. yeah, sorry. My bad. All good. Yes. Um, yeah, I hate I hate UConn too, no matter what. So like I hate UConn being pure UConn. So. <laughs> but no, it's just it's all about like you know connecting with our alumni and making sure that we shout them out, and also just the reason that we care so much as fans is we want our kids to have a great experience when they're here, go on to do great things, and then come back and give money to the athletic department that gave them so much. So speaking and we would be remiss probably should have done this earlier on the pod we would be remiss if we didn't give a huge shout out to an alum that is doing great things at the university of washington and is now the national team coach and again hashtag the standard heather tar i mean there aren't words to, to express how much we That's respect and admire and revere your Statue. your efforts, your contribution to the University of Washington. Mighty are the women. That's right. Let's go. That's right. And what what an opportunity for Heather to coach on the national stage, and also what a recruiting tool that can be for her. Not that she really needs it; she's already baller <laughs> at recruiting. But what an amazing opportunity to represent Washington and the world on a national stage. But like she can go back home and say, I was the national team coach. Look what I did. So not that she needs any help recruiting, but that is an added tool in her belt. So. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to, um, 
shout out to all the UW teams. I mean, you know, shout out to soccer, uh, you got men's soccer. You guys got absolutely hosed against Oregon State and fuck more Oregon State men's soccer. That was bullshit. Um, did they lose? Yeah, yeah, they did. They the, they got they lost three two, but they it took them down two players. Like it was eleven not eleven against nine. It took Oregon State almost twenty minutes to tie it, and then another like five to ten minutes to get the go ahead goal, and then Oregon State decided to taunt our fans. So, oh wow, I usually like you Beavers, but fuck you. Just for that, we'll um, take and your then shout out to volleyball, who's on an eight-game winning streak, and they absolutely slaughtered Stanford in a three-game sweep this weekend. Um, it was that's a chef's glorious. guess, by the way. Yes. And just uh, just enough. We support probably, slaughtering probably, Stanford. We probably didn't know this, but Courtney Thompson is actually an assistant coach at Stanford now. So um, shout out to Courtney Thompson, fellow you know, Olympian. But you know she's getting her she's getting her feet wet coaching hooligans. So we don't we can't hate her. Also Sonia Tomasovich is the head coach at ASU. So I mean like we like it when alumni do well. We like it when they represent yes, the conference do. and perform well. As long as they don't beat us. Got a job. They did. Courtney did. Yep. Yep. Because <laughs> we're playing uh, Stanford uh, on the farm in, like next month. So but um you know Washington's on a, a really good streak. We we played. We played really, really well wearing throwback uniforms. I'd never seen that before. <laughs> well, I. W <laughs> Speaking of this, and this is not a, an on field or on court or on pitch topic, but I will say in the confluence of what are we doing as an athletic department. Throwback to '91, honor the '91 team, absolutely. Honor Jabari Issa as a Husky legend. Absolutely. Jabari Issa wasn't on the 91 team. Could have probably picked a different game and it would have been just fine. Has Mario Bailey Maybe. already been a legend? I would assume so, but there was a lot of guys on the 91 team. Like, yeah. see, like, <laughs> we're like. <laughs> So, you know, I know that Carol was there that night. Could they have honored Carol as a legend? Yeah, a thousand percent. Like, and also, I know that Carol and Jen are like besties. So, I mean, they, Carol James well, would be I mean, a no-brainer well, for Jen wrote a letter to her husband. That's why she has a job. No, I think that Carol absolutely should be a Husky legend. I mean, like, let's just be Seriously. honest. That's why she has a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carol is the reason, it, honestly, that we have a statue of Coach James outside the stadium because Don didn't want it. He actually fought against it for as long as he was alive. And as soon as he died, Carol and the former players led a coalition to get a statue because she good. wanted it. And so did the players. And so did the fans. Yeah. But Don was just yeah. very against it. So Carol understands Chuck, the I mean, fandom more than probably I think Don loved it, but he also just didn't want He I think he, he felt that that made him bigger than the team, and he never wanted that for himself. But it meant a lot to the James family, and it meant a lot to the players, so and the fans. So, I will um, give me a second, and I'm going to pull it up, and I'm going to shout out a great tweet. Um, and I can't believe I'm going to recognize him. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Is it? Is it Mike Black? It is not Mike Black. Damn it! It is the one, the only Dave Softy Mahler. Oh God! When it comes to sports. There's only one thing you can really count on, the fans. Not coaches, not players, GMs, ADs, or owners. Can't even count on the team. 
Fans are the only thing that always stay. Case in point, Sonics have been gone 13 years. The fans are still here. I am still a Super Sonics fan. And I don't care. I Well, I was about to say I don't care if we go 0-12 again. And I'm like, yeah, I goddamn do care. But all of us, everybody that, Jen, you're calling a so-called fan, we will ride or die, forgive the cliche, with the University of Washington, as long as there is a University of Washington to ride or die with. But don't you dare come after us. We want what's best for the kids. We want what's best for the program. We want what's best for the university. And we want everyone associated to be successful. And when we see that not happening, we're going, you're going to hear our voice. That's right. And it goes back to things that, Hooligan, I feel like you and I say every single pod. And that's that. At the University of Washington, you have enough resources. You have a great city. You have a world-class university. You have a built-in fan base. Um, there is simply no excuse to not be successful at the University of Washington in all sports, but particularly the top three revenue sports. When you are doing not only like you're not you're less than mediocre, you're just flat out bad. Why should that ever be acceptable? Why are you trying to gaslight us and telling us it's actually fine? It's not. It's not fine. You we want... know that we can do better than this. We love the University of Washington. And it's out of that love and passion that we are imploring you to say, like, we know we can do better than this. Saying otherwise you... doesn't make doesn't make you a, a better fan. It makes you not informed if you don't think you can better. Mm -hmm. We're not Washington State. <laughs> Shut up, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, I mean, we love you, but I mean, it, it's hard. Like yeah. we, we talked about it on our previous pod, like the, the, the whole, the setting, like Washington state is probably in terms of the setting in which the school is in, it is the hardest job in the conference. It's one of the hardest jobs in the country. Um, granted, Brolovich made it a lot harder on himself. That's neither here nor there. Um, but Different like pod. when you're going to talk about the business, like when you're going to tout as an advantage of the university, the business community in this in the city of Seattle, even if you misspell Costco, um, <laughs> like, do you think complacency of like, uh, do you think there's an attitude of mediocrity is good enough at Costco, at Amazon, at Microsoft, at Boeing, although Boeing, you know, to, to you know, you moved your headquarters to chicago and you, you've shown no no loyalty right. to, to the I region mean, so the fuck point, you point taken. but but the point is do you think that the mediocrity is good enough at any of those companies or any of the other companies that come into this region to hire talent here no and there's a reason they come here right like there is right. greatness in this market right. there is greatness in our university like the reason a lot of those technology com companies come here is because of the talent that is produced by the University of Washington. And it's not just the computer science talent. I promise you it's not. No, Mic you're right. Drop. Um, I'm done. Mic drop. It's, it's just inexcusable, the status right now. So, um, you know, we need to be better than this. We need to have, understand our standard and um, acknowledge when we don't hit that and make a vow to ourselves and to our fans that like, Hey, we did not own up to that. We did not do this to our standards and we're going to make it better. We're going to make sure that next time we take the field, next time we're on the court, we're going to make you proud. 
Okay. I mean, and I, I, I heard a little bit of a, ba- it, it's probably a baby step, but I heard probably a little of that in, in Coach Lake's press conference this week. I heard it in the Montana conference, the post-Montana, the, the Michigan Week conference. And actually what's so funny is that he said over and over that like, yeah, fans should be pissed. I'd be pissed too. And I'm like, that was like literally four weeks before the uh, the Christian Capel Jen Cohen interview. I'm like, oh, interesting. This is coming from the head coach and he says that we should be pissed. Hmm. Maybe he's a bad fan. So just like understanding that, yeah, like when you fall short of a standard that you have espoused your own self out of your own lips. How, do, how dare we hold you to that? Yeah, go ahead, Tugs. Were you going to say something? No, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. Tugs, you got anything, Leah? You got anything else we should uh, mention before we wrap? Wrap. All right. It. We've gone on for over an hour. <laughs> go dogs. Here's Always hoping go we're dogs. wrong. Always go dogs. Here's hoping we're wrong and we beat the Cardinal. I'd love to see us kick their ass. Go dogs. We'll be back. Uh, Win potentially one for the chipper. Time. Win one for the chipper hooligan. Let's yes. Go. Win one for the chip. For, yes. Win one for the, for wood, the chipper. wood chipper. Um, Stanford. Go dogs. Always. Go bow dogs. Down. We'll be back possibly multiple times next week. We'll see you soon.